welcome to season three, episode thirteen of Dad's Right, uh, the Basement Tapes. So, yeah, like you, you noticed when we when we started the call. We've moved the studio. Uh, the production company has moved and has been booted to the basement. Yes. Easter Sunday, you know, people wanted to use the table for things like dinner. Yeah, what an idea. Crazy. Why would we start eating yeah, there now? <laughs> Haven't before. But it was nice. You can see the table. We were able to have a decent dinner. What does it look like? I forget. It's brown. You know, oh. it's that live wood one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll start off with good times, bad times, and it was a good time because we, we didn't obviously, with the new lockdown in effect in Ontario and social distancing being what it is these days, we we didn't have everyone over, but we did. I just buying the mic. the 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 basement studio is more cramped, so there might be a bit more mic banging, yeah. at least until I get used to it. But we had you know your your auntie Shell over and and the nephews Greg and Hayden. And outside, we, we put up the gazebo outside, and it was a beautiful day. Uh, put up the gazebo and had, earlier in the day, we had uh, Auntie Anne and Uncle Derek and, and their girls over for a, a little sit-down outside where we could be not, you know, outside. So it's social distanced and outside. And then, uh, yeah, then, yeah, then the rest of us went in for dinner afterwards and it was quite a good turkey but it was a, it was quite a nice day and beautiful day today here uh, the 15 16 degrees sunny just a gorgeous day hmm. how was edmonton uh it's a little chilly but that's mostly just from the rain it's actually i think going into the nicer times that's good i don't know if you remember but there's a, there's a couple sump pumps in this house one of them goes from the laundry room out down the side of the house and we're having some troubles with that one and i snaked the drain and it didn't work but it's handy having the guy that built the built this house living next door to us tony because he came over and he's like well that's not the right drain that's got to be for that this drain's got to be over here somewhere so we didn't find it today but we're gonna find that drain and we're gonna try snaking it again and see if we can fix the problem so it was it was kind of nice yeah and my final good time is uh the MLB season started. The Blue Jays got off to two wins against the New York Yankees, two out of three. So it's a good start for them. And and something about, even though I don't watch every game anymore, there's something about the beginning of baseball season that really is like it's spring now, you know? Yeah. I, I see you're a little light on the good times this week, so. I I am. I uh, You know, not that it was a bad week or anything, but everything kind of fit into other categories, so... Um, I, I've I've really got nothing. All right. Well, let's move on to bad times then. Yeah, nothing for bad times either. Just a heads up. <laughs> on Wednesday, Ontario hit a provincial record for most patients in intensive care. That's not necessarily a record you want, but yeah. uh, 421 patients in an intensive care with COVID. Sorry, oh, with dear. COVID, like not just in intensive care, but in intensive care with COVID. Yeah. And it's just, it feels like it's not a point, a, not a, it's not, we shouldn't be hitting the highest levels now when the end is in sight, you know? 
Yeah. It's really kind of frustrating. It it all comes back to not this the vaccine rollout being lackluster to say the least. Yeah, it's really kind of crappy. Yeah. In Canada, we just passed 1 million COVID cases since the onset of the pandemic. So that's not great. Ugh. Although I I I there apparently if you get tested, like if you go today and get tested and it tests positive and then you test 3 days later, and you're still positive, that counts as two. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. Well, you really shouldn't be going and uh, getting tested three days after you've tested positive. Oh, whatever. Self-isolating. Four days after. What, <laughs> like, whatever it is, seven days. If you get two, it either, any way you do it, it shouldn't, the same person shouldn't count as two. Yeah, agreed. But I don't think, I don't think everybody, I don't think there's half a million, like, I don't think everybody did that, but it might be, yeah. it might be a little less than that. The U.S. surpassed 1 million. When did the U.S.? Yeah, I think they passed 1 million in the first days of November. They have 10 times our population. or that much later than them. I wonder if we're doing significantly better or worse. Obviously, we're doing worse with vaccine rollout. But um, Yeah, I think we were doing significantly better in the beginning. But if we don't get the, if we don't get vaccinated like they are getting vaccinated, we're going to we're going to catch up at the end. It's like the the turtle in the hair, you know? Yeah. Although, the sorry, the U.S. hit 1 million COVID-19 cases in April, a year ago. Yeah. They got another million. The article I was reading was saying how they got another million just in the first 10 days of November. Right. Holy cow. So I would agree and say we are still doing better than them in terms of not getting sick. Worse in terms of vaccinating. Yeah. Uh, Health Canada has advised Canadians to avoid using masks containing graphene. Uh, great. Thank you. Thank you for that. How do I know if my mask contains graphene? Uh, I get all my ass masks from uh, Auntie Pam, so I'm going to text her and ask her if she's putting graphene in them. Oh, that's a good That's a good method. I don't, so <laughs> I don't know. How am I supposed to tell? They didn't tell you how to tell. Just look for the, uh, also, look for the ingredients on the package. Yeah. Also, why are we just figuring this out now? Like, I understand COVID's new, so but people have been wearing masks for years. You know, doctors, dentists, pe- lots of people wear masks. Shouldn't yeah. Don't we already know that we can't wear graphene masks? Why is this coming maybe, out now? Maybe putting graphene in masks is a new thing that they started doing for some reason because it helps them make more masks faster as uh, demand for masks increases. I don't even know what graphene is. Yeah, me neither. When but, I first read that, I, my mind went to graphite. Yeah. You know, no, well, it must be. Mechanical it, pencils. Yeah, it's got to be something similar to that, I would think. Like, like, just based on the name. And yeah, you probably shouldn't be breathing in pencil lead. It is an allotrope of carbon consisting of a single layer of atoms arranged in a two-dimensional honeycomb lattice. Mmm. Honeycombs. The name is a portomantau of graphite. Cool. And... Yeah. Uh, major American cities saw a 33% increase in homicides last year, and the crime surge has continued into the first quarter of this year. 63 of the 66 largest police jurisdictions saw increases in at least one category of violent crimes in 2020, which is either homicide, rape, robbery, robbery, or aggravated assault. The ones that didn't were Baltimore City, Baltimore County, and Raleigh, North Carolina, probably because they were already like super bad 
is what I'm guessing, but I don't know. But that's not great. And and if you read the right wing articles, they're blaming uh, defunding police. But it, it's 63 of 66 places. They all didn't cut police budgets. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's a factor in some cases, but there's obviously something else going on down there at the moment. Yeah, really. And speaking of violent crimes, in Memphis, a woman opened fire through a drive through window of a Burger King because she said her wait was too long, according to witnesses. <laughs> I mean, I've been frustrated. Who hasn't been frustrated at the drive through But yeah. not to that point. Yeah, I don't know what encourages people to do stuff like that and i also don't know why this like I, you don't hear these types of stories coming from other countries you know yeah that's true not not a lot anyway now it might be maybe you just don't hear them or maybe they're not happening i'm not sure yeah it's like in america how you see the you know it's like as soon as you see like the florida man uh pre- prefix for an article you think oh this is gonna be something crazy but for the rest of the world, it's, you know, American man. And then you think, oh, this is going to be something crazy and stupid. Yeah. It was a woman that shot up the drive-thru at Burger King, but... Yeah, American person. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be sexist, Dylan. Anybody can shoot a gun. You're all equally nuts. <laughs> all right. And then, I'm speaking of Burger King, uh, they ran an ad recently. It was meant to be yeah, funny. And I'm... Day ad? Pardon me? The International Women's Day ad? Uh, Could have been. I don't know, but I, anyway, Bill Maher had a clip about it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I'll talk about this just for one second. This thing bothered me a lot. There was an ad in, or is it tweet? I guess both. From Burger King was trying to be funny in an ad, and I think they were funny. They were talking about a program they have to increase the number of women chefs. There aren't a, a comparative number of women chefs in the world. Maybe they should get more opportunities. Maybe there's a reason why they don't, and we should address that. That's what they were trying to say. Right. So they had an ad, women belong in the kitchen. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't see it. And, of course... You know, the shit hit the fan, the usual suspects. And I just want to say, this this is what's wrong with us. It's like, if you don't get the joke here, Mm -hmm. then you're stupid. Mm -hmm. You don't get subtlety, you don't get humor, Mm -hmm. you don't get perspective. And and if you do, and you're pretending that you don't, just so you can have something to be pissed off at, then you're... Both ways, you're gross. Yeah. Bill, I'm going to have to call a foul on that play. I don't think this is a joke that's as good as you're saying that it is. No, Um, it's an ad. It's it's, it's not a monologue joke. No, 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 I know what you mean, but I mean, I hadn't seen that. If I just saw that, I'm like, what the fuck is Burger King doing? (laughs) But then you would read it. That's the point. It got your attention. That's what advertising is. My colleague at NYU, I think, has the right take on this, and that gestures should be taken with the intent that they're given. And this was meant to highlight. Yeah sexism exactly unfortunately what we have and my industry is guilty of this we've created an industrial shaming culture where there's money in dunking on people and saying making a caricature of comments and then using that to extract to an ugly place so you can get virtue points because the moment you're offended on our country it means you're right and where we have failed the universities is we need to be graduating not wokesters but warriors and that is people who are here doc I'm giving you an applause now. Anyway, I think, 
you know, it was a joke, and I like that last guy's point. I think you need to take things with the with the how they're intended. They are literally trying to point out that there's a lack of women in as a chef in the kitchens. It's a it's a it's to, yeah. the the ad is to combat sexism. Yes, I agree. It's similar to I was watching a Ricky Gervais stand up the other day, and one of the things he said was he doesn't think there's anything you shouldn't joke about. It what matters is the way you joke about it and the intent of the joke. Yeah, the intent. There's Yeah, I think he did a pedophile joke after no, that, I think didn't he? More nuanced. Sorry? I think he did a pedophile joke after that, if I remember the bit correctly. Oh maybe. Uh possibly, anyway. yeah. I, I, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Um you know, there is there are jokes where, you know, like it no matter what the intent, you know, you're like, okay, well, that's maybe not appropriate or too far, or whatever. So that's where I think that you know it matters how. I might have cut that. I might have cut that uh, a little too soon because he actually talks about what happens if it didn't fall. Hold on, I'll play the. I'll play a bit more. And we need to look at those ads. And we need to look at those ads and say, does that humor work? Why didn't it work? And have a thoughtful conversation and move on, but not this industrial dunking complex. Okay, well, well, here it. There. Yeah. Well, they. Yeah. There you go. I, I think that that's a good point. You know, I, like I don't think we should. Yeah, industrially shame and and you know cancel people for making a a, a bad joke or a joke in poor taste if the intent was good. Because I've always believed that one of the powerful tools of comedy is making you know a um, a, a shocking or gross or strong joke about something to point out hypo- like the hypocrisy of something or you know like the fact that there's a real problem you know like think about it I think comedy can be quite thought provoking in that way and that's something I quite like about it but um, the uh, so yeah so I, I, I mostly I mostly agree I, I, I think there is a little bit more shades of grey but I mostly agree with with what they said there's a lot of background noise again oh there just went away oh there just went away i don't know what it is (laughs) very bizarre i might need to buy some better cables to connect you up while you're away i think it might be these cables just aren't good enough because it's just if i mute your mic it goes away completely anyway that is all i got for good times bad times so let's move along there's a All over the world. You want to go first, or since you didn't have anything last segment, what? You, where'd you go? Uh, sure, I can go first. I'm here. You can't see me. I'm here. Okay. So the blockage of the Suez Canal is finally clear, as the last of the 422 ships stuck have been able to pass through. That's kind of good. That's sorry. That's good. Yeah, that is good. But I wonder, like, you know, because things take time to ship, obviously. So I feel like it's over. And then, like, in two or three weeks is when we're actually going to feel the effects, you know? Well, do you disagree? Well, I, I think you feel the effects when the stuff can't get there. So it's not it's not a delayed effect. It's a you 
maybe you should have got goods next week and you're going to get them two weeks from now. So there might be some, you're right, some some stuff might be out of stock for however long that lag was. Yeah, that's, but, what, that's what I mean. Yeah, but I think it was like four days or five days or something, right? Uh, yeah, close to a week. Yeah. So there'll be a week lag from when the shipment should have arrived to when it'll get there. Unless they, you know, they crank up the engines and get the boats really running fast. Maybe they can make up some time. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. You're right. I mean, who knows what... Uh, I don't know what... I don't know if it's going to affect us much. Why not? Well, what are we getting through there? I don't know. I presume stuff, though. Yeah, 422 ships. Get made in China? Yeah, 422 ships just doesn't feel like a lot to me. Yeah, but there's some pretty big ships. Yeah, that's a, it's a lot. I mean, it is, but it's not like it's thousands of ships. It's I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find yeah, out well. if we're going to see feel any effects here or not. But didn't some of them, didn't a lot of ships have to dip down around the Horn of Africa? Uh, maybe like, they did, I think, yeah. I think there was a bunch stuck in the canal, but then the ones who, you know, weren't in the canal yet were just told not to go there, so they dipped down, and that'll increase the time it takes to get places. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it will, for sure. You're right. So, but the, so, but it, then, then again, it might it might not be too bad. Like if that just adds a day or two to your travel, then it might not be too bad. I'm sure they don't. I'm sure it's not like trucking. I'm sure it's not time down to the minute when you're dealing with ships crossing oceans. Yeah, that's true. Or or maybe it is. I don't know. I've never never done it. Never looked into it. <laughs> I just looked up how long does it take to get around the Horn of Africa, and I feel like just like be able to have a quick answer but i can't find it yeah i, I yeah that doesn't surprise because they're, they're probably more like personal type things you're getting not necessarily shipping routes yeah well i just got something from the anchorage daily news about you know the suez canal blockage and that's all that it is but you know like sometimes when you look up something on google and then just google gives you the answer really yeah just like right at the top in the white box i feel like that's what i needed yeah, it would have been helpful. Like, you know, just like something says, it takes four days to sail around the Horn of Africa. Yeah, but then you still need to know how long it takes to go through the Suez Canal thing. And also, doesn't yeah, it depend well. on where you're coming from? Like, if you're already south of that tip, are you adding any time? What are you getting from south of the Horn of Africa? Yeah, I don't know. Something from Australia, maybe? Yeah, that's... All the imported... Yeah, producing in all Australia? The, all, all the, uh, all the Vegemite. I'm sure that comes over on a on a on a big ship. All the all the Vegemite. Australia, the most southern part of Australia is about equal to the Horn of Africa. The most southern part of Africa. There you go. So you just slide right across. So the Vegemite <laughs> will not be slowed. Is all I'm saying. No. We'll no, get. Don't worry, all you fans of uh, Marmite and Vegemite. It will get here on time. It's half half a ship of Marmite, <laughs> half a ship of Vegemite. Oh, there's probably um, like a third of a ship of on. Foster's Lager as well. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> moving on. Argentinian President Alberto Fernandez tested positive for COVID-19 on Friday after he had already been vaccinated. Mm. Guess which vaccine he got. I'm guessing not Moderna. No. The Russian Sputnik V. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, really, it's that's just, on him. It's just, uh, it's just sugar water in there and charging people an arm and leg for it. It doesn't do anything. It'll make them feel better. They think they've been vaccinated. 
<laughs> um, the, the article I was reading actually was saying that it's possible to contract COVID after you've been vaccinated. Yeah, you just won't get and, it as bad. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, yeah, it says it is possible to get infected and test positive for COVID after being vaccinated. While vaccination reduces the likelihood of disease, especially severe cases, it's still unclear to what degree each coronavirus vaccine presents prevents all infections. And, you know, he says he's doing he's doing well, but I I have to say, like, you know, the first time we really hear about it is, is a person who got the Russian vaccine. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> anyway, that's what I have for all over the world. What do you got? All right. Well, there's, uh, there's violence in Northern Ireland due to trade restrictions that have arisen from Briex. Who would have predicted that? Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. And so did a lot of other people because it was pretty freaking obvious yeah no i know that's uh everyone it wasn't yeah so there's right i think it's people that are loyal to britain right now that are sort of uprising in northern ireland but i don't know crazy (laughs) Uh, yeah that's troubles of brewing yeah staying in britain five million brits have had their second shot and the death toll from covid in britain is as low as it's been since early september Good God, everyone's running circles around us, eh? We only have five million vaccinated. I mean, maybe we have a bit, maybe we have, it's been a week since we said five million, so, I mean, maybe we're at five million and ten. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how slow. I mean, maybe, I don't, don't, and the other thing is, I don't know. For example, one of the things I'm reading in the Ontario papers is people are not showing up for their appointments. So we either need to, A, have somebody driving, you know, because they're doing elderly people right now. So I understand that. Mm-hmm. So get somebody hired, you know, get hire a taxi service or whatever. Somehow you need to get the people to the appointment. Either go and get them yeah. and get them to the appointment. Or the other option is have a backup list of of the under 70s, like have a backup list of 50 and up. And if you have a free appointment, call someone to come and get a shot. Don't be wasting these yeah. slots. See, that's... Okay, I was going to talk about this later, but this is a good segue... Oh, were you? Sorry. ...into my roommate's and I's current plan to get vaccinated. Oh. Um, oh. No, 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 not what you were talking about. Oh, This okay. is a new thing-ish. But it's a perfect segue, so I'm going to mention it now. So right now, you know, pharmacies and stuff are under direction not to let vaccines go to waste. Yeah. If they think they might go to waste and they're free to, like, give it out at their discretion. Right. So, like, my roommates and I, every night, are going to do, like, call drives for all the pharmacies in our area. Like, the shoppers that closes at midnight. That's a two-minute walk. Yeah. We're going to call them at 11.50 p.m. Yeah. And be like, do you have free vaccines that you need to give out? And can we walk over? We can be there in two minutes. Yeah. We're not in the... We're not in the category, and we would never do anything to steal somebody's spot like that is high risk and stuff. But if they're going to go bad in 10 minutes, you know, like, I feel like it's better to give it to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. No, exactly. This is what I'm saying. You can't, and you can't have even, forget about throwing the vaccine out. Maybe they still use these, but you you definitely can't waste them. We don't have enough. But you also, you also can't be wasting the time slots. That's just as precious. If you have a 50%, you know, if you've, you've got people not showing up, have a plan to fill those spots. 
have a waiting list. It's not that hard. People want to get vaccinated. There are lots of people that want to get vaccinated. It should not be hard, yeah. especially in the beginning yeah. stages. Anyway, that feels like a weekly uh, vent. <laughs> it should not be this hard. And I'm still, I don't know exactly where the fault lies. I think it's, I think it's, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. I don't think, I don't think uh, the feds were able to procure enough vaccines. And then I think yeah. the provinces have all just had horrible plans for delivering them. And, and there's just no excuse for that either. There's no excuse for either side, but yeah. the provinces it's should be obsessed. saying, we're out of vaccine, get us more. We've delivered all that we have, get us more. Yeah. And yet you don't hear that, so that's not what's happening. Moving on, a year-long nationwide French effort to undercover and combat sexual violence in sports has identified more than 400 coaches, teachers, and others suspected of abuse or covering it up. Most of the victims were under 15. Uh, the alleged abuse includes sexual, sexual assault, harassment, or other violence. 60 people have fa faced criminal proceedings. More than 100 have been tempor temporarily or permanently removed from their posts. And local investigations are underway into other cases. This started when, when I think it was a swimmer or diver came out and then the, f the French just sort of did a deep dive and, and rooted out the whole thing. And, and good for them for doing so. Uh, long overdue, probably. I'm sure the same thing needs to be done in North America and, and everywhere, That really everywhere. And also, you know, I think this points out we, we got to do a better job of vetting these coaches before you hire them, right? Like it's, you can't, yeah. you can't, I know it's tough because a lot of them are volunteers and probably 400 is probably a small percentage of the coaches. But mm -hmm. I mean it's 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 awful to have that happen when you you're going for you know you just want to go play sports. Yeah. So Absolutely. They um anyway, uh yeah, of those accused 96% were men, which is not shocking. Of the victims, 83% were women and young girls, and 63% were the under the age of 15. So, when uh, it, you need to do something. You, even though it's a volunteer position, you can't just hire anybody. No, no, especially when it comes to dealing with children. Yeah. Well, everything, every little thing, every little thing with you and me had to be so political. Everything, everything. Right, political. So political? Yeah. Political. Yes. To begin with, I have a uh, incredibly short political by my standards. But your mother just cheered in the car. Sorry? I said your mother just cheered in the car. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome, mom. Two members of the United Conservative Party caucus in Alberta have quit a national coalition against public health restrictions after its founder, Ontario Independent MPP Randy Hillier, who uh, was kicked out of the Progressive Conservative Caucus uh, a year or two ago for his extreme statements, compared measures to slow the spread of coronavirus to Nazi Germany. I'll keep going and then we'll talk about that in a second. The coalition also includes other current and former federal and provincial politicians, including Maxime Bernier, Independent Ontario MP Derek Sloan, and Paul Hinman, who's the interim leader of the Wild Rose Independence Party of Alberta. 
So I felt like reading this, I felt like I was going through a lot of things. The first was they draw the line at comparing it to Nazi Germany. Compare the restrictions to Nazi Germany, that's fine, but we'll critique them and say don't do them and let a bunch of people get sick. I don't know. I saw people in responses being like, oh, good job. They did the right thing. I'm like, no, they did, like, okay, fine. Yeah, they did one right thing, but that does not make them good people. The fact that they're part of this coalition, to me, proves they're not good people. They are against measures to keep people from catching a deadly disease. They, they probably aren't against measures. They're against the measures being taken. Would, would, would be okay, my, would well, be my, uh, probably read on on what that is i mean i without knowing the party i don't I, without knowing the um movement i i i doubt they just want i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe they are just saying open everything whoever gets sick gets sick i mean that could be their stance i don't know yeah but we're already not really doing enough and all the data points to that so to me these people and you know i like without knowing a lot about this coalition I really just only need to look at its members, I feel like, to learn what it's really like, like Maxime Bernier and Derek Sloan, yeah. and the leader of the Wild Rose Independence Party of Alberta. Like, I feel like that's enough said. Yeah, it's probably, um, uh, it's probably, they probably do just want to open everything up. Yeah, and even if they don't, they want to do less, and we're already not doing enough. So, at best, they're stupid. Well, I... At worst they're intentionally negligent and like evil i think i think the problem is well one of the major problems is government can put the all the restrictions in they want but if people downright ignore them they're not going to work yeah exactly and these are people encouraging them to ignore some of the restrictions essentially but but like, even yeah, if they're not yeah, even me- if they're not flat out saying ignore the restrictions they are pushing a narrative that a lot of the restrictions aren't necessary, which encourages people to ignore them. Yeah, people are doing it on their own. I, I, I'd never heard of this coalition. I don't know how many people have. Yeah, but, but you I'm don't just... swim in the circles where you're going to hear about the the not as obvious things that, you know, like some backbenchers are coming together and doing, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. But I, I just think, I think people are ignoring them anyway. I, I don't think it's necessarily all on the lack of restrictions if if you're if you're not gonna arrest people and give them tickets for walking down the street you know without a mask on or whatever walking in a store without a mask on and i'm not saying you should i'm just saying if you're not gonna do that then people are gonna gonna do what they want a lot a good percentage of the population some of them maybe not a good percentage but i think most of the people are trying to be safe but then there's the people who just want to do what's right for them and they don't, you know, screw everybody else. And the problem is with something like this, it 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 spreads so easily and quickly that it, you know, it doesn't take many of those to to infect everyone. Yeah, I just think that if you took out all the politicians with the platforms that belong to political parties that, you know, one might trust, then people might might be more likely to accept public health measures and follow them, even if it's only begrudgingly, even if they feel like they shouldn't have to. But then as soon as you get your leaders coming out and saying, no, you're right and just for not wanting to do this, 
then they feel like they have, you know, like some backing, you know, in the levels of government. Yeah, well, yeah, and people do it, the politicians do it for different reasons. There's political, I mean, they just do it for political capital, I think, at some point. It's not even because they actually believe it. And then the other thing is the, what was your first, what what did you say originally? Are the people that you trust? Like, if people that you trust or listen to or members of a political party that you trust are telling you or pushing a narrative that encourages you to not do it, then you feel just in not following public health measures i think i think the problem with that at least in ontario is the absolute lack of logic and explanation for the policies not to mention the bad color system yeah yeah like they're just i think people want to know the other thing is well like they aren't going to blindly follow when they don't understand your logic so if there is a logic tell us and if you're just flying by the seat of your pants then yeah probably not tell us but you know like what obviously obviously he has some sort of logic so what is it and then maybe you'll get more people on board if you say look at this is what we're doing this is why maybe but if you're an albertan and you vote united conservative party and justin trudeau comes out and explains the logic but and then Justin, the United Conservative MLA says no. Who are you going to believe? But the the just well, yeah. You, I mean, you're going to believe them. But but Justin Trudeau doesn't put restrictions in Alberta. Je- Jason Kenney like, does. Yeah, but he does like you know travel restrictions. Like there are some federal restrictions. Yeah. Oh, sure. If you if you're if you if you're crossing borders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't think anybody's. Well, yeah. Or if you're in Edmonton. And you vote United Conservative Party, and the mayor puts a mask mandate, and you know United Conservative Party says no. Right. It's just it's dangerous. Yeah, it's probably not super responsible. Ultimately, you want the you want your MP. I I want my MPs to be able to speak their minds, like say what they believe. I don't want them. You know, just just following the herd, but you do have to when you when you're when you do have influence, you have to be a little bit careful about what you say. Yeah, especially with issues like this. Anyway, moving on, the Liberals want to change the Official Languages Act to make it a law that a Supreme Court justice must be functional in both English and French. Now, activist groups are insisting this puts up a barrier for Indigenous peoples. Marion Bueller, the first female First Nations judge in British Columbia, said a compromise could be made for Supreme Court of Canada appointees. Quote, they should have some functionality in both languages, but I don't think that there should be a requirement that they be bilingual. They, there's, that's just simply eliminating too many people. By the time an Indigenous jurist is in a position to become an appointee, they've already overcome an incredible number of hurdles difficult when the supreme court has passed rules that say signs must be in both languages this has to be in both languages that has to be in both languages oh but we don't have to speak both languages but here's the thing that might have been first of all there might have been different opinions there if we had ever had an indigenous justice on the court who had a say in some of those decisions and that indigenous justice might have brought up you know what about all the indigenous languages that might be a first language to indigenous peoples in Canada? What about the fact that, you know, 
we had to learn English was beaten into us in the residential school system, which, you know, if you think about the last residential school closed in 96, most of the people who, you know, most indigenous people who went through the, uh, you know, made their way up the legal ranks who you now might consider qualified for the Supreme Court of Canada, they probably went through some of the worst of the residential school system, you know? They probably did not have a great time there. And if we really look at, you know, like, why English and French, well, they're our official languages, again, what makes them more of our official language than any indigenous language when they were here first and when they never really, by any legal definition, and the Supreme Court has confirmed this on many times, they never really ceded any territory or land to the government of Canada. So, you know, you could probably make a pretty good argument if you look at treaties and stuff that the government of Canada has done a ton of things that have not been, that have been illegal based on their agreement with the First Nations and is really not a legitimate government if you go by those, you know, treaties done by way back uh, when they were signing treaties and such. So I just don't think, maybe, maybe, you know, you can say like be bilingual and but it you know and even if you just do this for indigenous justice justices but you know it's okay if it's english in an indigenous language or french in an indigenous language or english and french or you know or um what have you you know another one uh, one of the, the in this article that i was reading they talked about an indigenous justice who was considered for the last well who advocacy groups were pushing for for the last supreme court vacancy he said that, you know, like, he's tried to learn French, but, you know, he was like a, a judge. He's tried to learn French throughout his career, and but as a lawyer and as a judge, and, you know, he's getting hired judge, and he's like, and my job just didn't allow the time. Like, it's a whole other language. And I never had time to learn French because I was, you know, fighting as an Indigenous person to try to be treated the same in the, in the legal system, in the schools and everything, as white people. So, like... And it's like this Marion Bueller um, judge said that they've already come so many hurdles. Now you're expecting them to have found the time to learn French while they're fighting their way through a system that was purposely built against them. Uh, I, I don't. I personally, I don't. I don't care if any of the judges speak French or whatever. I mean, it's so easy to that they <laughs> translate now, right? Like, it, like you can put a the UN. Not everybody speaks the same language. They put translator things in their ear and they get the translation. It's simple. Yeah. Google can do it. It's not hard. I, I don't understand the law. My my only thing is they make laws that say things have to be in both English and French. I'm happy if everything's in English. I don't speak French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just agree that, yeah, they've ruled that way in the past, but this is a different consideration. And I think, you know, and it's not the law right now. We're talking about, you know, we're not talking about decision made by the Supreme Court. We're talking about something that the House of Commons and the Liberal government is considering doing, and they could legislate that, you know, Indigenous people get an exception, and the Supreme Court would probably hold that up, because honestly, they side with Indigenous groups more than the Canadian government most of the time. The Canadian government just never listens. I think you should just leave it then. Just don't don't bother with the law. Why, why make a law and then the first thing you have to do is make an exception? Just leave it. You don't need to be bilingual. Yeah. Done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought it was funny because I was reading this article and there was a quote by the justice minister that was like, 
you know, while there is not a current indigenous judge sitting on the court, the, we as a government are confident that one will eventually. And I was like, appoint one. <laughs> there's, there's a vacancy coming up July 1st, a Supreme Court justice is retiring. Appoint one. This is not something that you have to wait and see for. You literally have the power to do this. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that story. Moving on to America, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who is a vocal, vocal, vocal Trump supporter, is under investigation. And I'm just going to read this short CBC article because there's so much going on here. He's being investigated by the Justice Department over a former relationship. He said that his lawyers were informed that he was a subject of an investigation, quote, regarding sexual conduct with women, end quote but that he was not a target of the probe. He denied that he ever had a relationship with any underage girls and said the allegations against him were, quote, as searing as they are false. His comments come shortly after the New York Times reported that Gates was under investigation by the Justice Department to determine if he violated federal sex trafficking laws and had an inappropriate sexual relationship with a 17-year-old while paying her to travel with him. Uh, Gates alleged that the allegations were part of an extortion attempt plot by a former Justice Department official whom he did not name. Quote, he did over name the him. past several weeks, my fa- oh, is that, did he? Yeah, Dan McGee or something oh. like that. Oh, this must be a, an, an older an article. article but yeah. Anyway, he said, over the past several weeks, my family and I have been victims of orga- organized criminal extortion involving a former Department of Justice official seeking $25 million while threatening to spear my name. He said his family has been cooperating with the FBI and said his father was wearing a recording device at the FBI's direction to catch these criminals. He demanded that the Justice Department release the recordings. No part of the allegations against me are true, and the people pushing these lies are targets of the ongoing extortion investigation. I believe that there are people at the Department of Justice who are trying to criminalize my sexual conduct, you know, when I was a single guy, Gates said. I've definitely, in my single days, provided for women I've dated. You know, I've paid for flights for hotel rooms. I've been, you know, generous as a partner. I think someone is trying to make that look criminal when it's not. So, since then, there's also been, like, a bunch of other stuff about Gates coming out and, you know, showing inappropriate photos to fellow Congress members and and, uh, of women he's slept with and uh, comments made in group chats. And, like, there's just stuff piling up. That proves that he's a really gross guy, or seems to suggest that he's a really gross guy. I guess it hasn't been proven yet. I don't struggle to believe that he did this. Anyone who's like Trump, yeah, I buy it. Things he said. He was the only member of the House of Representatives to vote against an anti-sex trafficking law a year or two ago. Literally all Democrats and every Republican but him voted for it. Did he know uh, what he did he know so what, just, what the vote was about? He did. He said he didn't want any more big government, and that's why he voted against it. Yeah. Um, But I also... Here's the thing. His excuse about... Or, like, his allegation that he's being extorted and, like, the Department of Justice is, like, you know, with his dad... Like, the FBI has his dad wearing a wire, and there's, like, all this. Like, I've read that at first, and I was like, this is so crazy and out there that I almost believe it. Well, but... Like, I'm like, you'd have to be pretty desperate to resort to that if it's an entire lie. But the other other thing is, both can be true. He can be guilty of a crime, and then somebody tried to extort him to make it go away. 
That's true. Yeah. Right. So I, yeah, I, I see your point there. Saying saying that there's extortion doesn't mean he's not. Has he ever? Well, he did say I'm innocent. So maybe. I mean, I don't know. It needs to be taken to court. The stuff like this, you can't speculate. But just just because he's being extorted does not mean he did not do it. He said he didn't do it. That is true. So we'll have to see. I'm sure the the prosecutors yeah. will get their ducks in a row and find out if he did it or not, and you know, put him on yeah. trial if they think he did. Yeah, we'll see. I guess, eh? It should be easy enough to prove if he's, you know, he, I don't think he does things quietly. Yeah, no. So, I think we'll see. Yeah. So that was that was that was interesting. I, I sh- I'm sure we will have updates on that, and yeah. I have to say. I believe that he's probably guilty, but we, like I said, we'll see. Moving on, uh, this is this is I put this in political because I think it's funny, and it kind of has to do with politics. But it's a really it's not a news story or anything. It's kind of s- short. But uh, I saw something today that was posted by a left wing Facebook page that was like of the top ten least educated states in the union, eight of them voted for Trump. To suggest that, you know, only idiots vote for Trump. Right. And then it showed the list. And the uh, first state was Nevada. Sorry, the first state was New Mexico. And the third state was Nevada, both of which went to Biden. (laughs) So one in three. So, yeah. So, like, you're like, yeah, of the top ten, eight went to Trump. And then I feel like you just easily turn around and say, yeah. Of the top three, two went to Biden, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's so easy to just flip that and make it so much worse. I'm like, is this really what you want to be pushing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> like, exactly. I was like, this doesn't look good, guys. Yeah, that's this not... This doesn't a, look good. That is not a list you, you should have put out there, for sure. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. And you know, another thing I wanted to mention, now that I remember it... John Boner, I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but he used to be the Speaker of the House of Representatives until partway through Obama's last term, and he's a Republican. He recently rolled out a book, and he was pretty scorching of the modern-day Republican Party and had some comparatively nicer things to say about Obama. He calls Ted Cruz a reckless asshole who thinks he's smarter than everybody else. He calls, I'm forgetting the name, Tea Party sort of wave uh, of Republicans that came into the House, Looney, Looneyville. Hmm. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he said, Obama didn't do enough to appeal to Republicans in Congress, but it would have been difficult for him to negotiate with a party led by right-wing propaganda nuts and kooks on YouTube spreading dangerous nonsense. Obama could come off as lecturing and haughty. He still wasn't making Republican outbreak a priority, but on the other hand, how do you find common cause with people who think you are a secret Kenyan Muslim traitor to America? <laughs> That's funny. Like, I kind of want to read this book. He used to be the top Republican in the House of Representatives, and then he uh, turns it around and he's saying all this. Like, here's one. Places like Fox News were creating the wrong incentive. Sean Hannity was one of the worst. I'd known him for years, and we used to have a good relationship. But then he decided he felt like busting my ass every night on his show. At some point, I called him a nut. Anyway, it's safe to say our relationship never got better. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, 
by two oh here's the quote i was looking for referring to the tea party sort of group by 2013 the chaos caucus in the house had built up their own power base thanks to fawning right-wing media and outrage-driven fundraising cash. And now they had a new head lunatic leading the way who wasn't even a House member. There is nothing more dangerous than a reckless asshole who thinks he is smarter than everyone else. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Senator Ted Cruz. Anyway, that was a bit scattered as a segment, but I I thought it was very interesting and I wanted to bring it up. And and I couldn't find the articles, but but there you go. That's that. What do you got, Dad? Well, the, uh, it's it's not... 100% 100% political, but it's it's kind of is. Major League Baseball has decided to move the All-Star game out of Georgia to protest the voter reform laws. Voter restriction laws. Coca-Cola and Delta also have head offices in Atlanta and also have condemned the new laws. But Trump, of course, has called on his supporters to boycott the companies saying that they need to battle woke cancel culture. I'm not sure he understands uh, what cancel culture is. I mean, if anybody canceled anything here, it was the Republicans canceling, uh, you know, giving people water in lines and mail-in ballots. This is just, yeah. this is just coming out against that law. The, the All-Star Game isn't getting canceled. It's just getting moved out of your state because they don't like the law. So I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about. In a bit of a scary speech, Trump said, For years, the radical left Democrats have played dirty by boycotting products when anything from that company is done or stated in any way that offends them. Now they're going big time with woke cancel culture and our sacred elections. It's finally time for Republicans and conservatives to fight back. We have more people than they do by far. Boycott Major League Baseball, Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, J.P. Morgan Chase, Vitacom, CBS, Citigroup, Cisco, UPS, and Merrick. Now, that, that last one's being used is a company that's being used to help produce the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine, so I'm not sure you want to boycott that one, but, but yeah. uh, I mean, it's just, the, he, he thinks the, Repu- the Democrats are going after the elections? Like, it's the Republicans that are making it hard to vote. I I just, what I don't understand is how anybody down there can believe this. Yeah. I don't get it. And, you know, um, there's also, like, there's a few other companies now that are talking about leaving, and the Georgia Republicans are talking about raising taxes on them as, like, punishment. And I'm like... Do you not advertise yourselves as the party of small government and free speech and democracy and all these things? And that a company makes an independent decision in the private market because they didn't like what you do, and then you're threatening to tax them more? Yeah, that's like, not that very is... Republican. No. Well, it actually should thing. be illegal. It is, you it can't is very just, Republican. You can't just tax one company because they did something you didn't like. Yeah, it's it's that's like authoritarian you know except well bordering authoritarian authoritarians you know you just kill people yeah it's absurd it seems you know you would think it goes against everything that they portray themselves as and it's just more evidence that they are just like you know pathological liars yeah but what a stupid thing but good for major league baseball for moving the game pga isn't moving their tour championship which is too bad but not totally surprising considering it's the pga but yeah so that's all i got 
Closer to fine. I wrote down we're not. Ontario's back in a lockdown. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So it's it's uh I I don't know what color it is anymore. I think it's a little worse than gray. Lockdown is is a different shade of gray. I think. I'm not okay, sure. Okay. Here's okay. I I gotta go back to this because we talked about it before, but I have to say again, this gray is such a stupid thing. I follow a lot of mapping accounts on Instagram. And they do a lot of world maps or state maps or or provincial maps or whatever that show gender disparities or, you know, amount of oil per whatever or, I don't know, like just various information, you know, that shows like different levels of something in different countries. And it it uses obviously a color scale Mm. to show you the difference. And gray is used always on maps when there is an area with no data that you can find. So to have it and this in this Ontario map and it's gray, to me that means you don't know. It's so bad you don't know how many COVID we cases We don't know what's are. going on here. We're shutting it down. That might be maybe, that might be why they maybe use it. That's why it's the worst. Might be why they picked it. Yeah, because this is so far out of control. We have no idea what's happening anymore, <laughs> and that's the worst one. So maybe it makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, continue with your story. No, that's it. That's all I got on that one. And, and <laughs> I've got another one though. The, it's not quite as as uh, heavy. Not that that was super heavy, but there's a, a, in Australia, a swimmer filmed this, was filming, like, was went, went down to the ocean to go swimming, and just before he got in, he noticed this octopus swimming in the really shallow water. Like, there's a video of it. It's in, it's in a, like, it's, it's up to your calves. It's shallow water. And he's watching, the, and he's filming it. And the octopus jumped at him and like slapped at him, like tried to tried to get him. So uh, anyway, he stopped filming, and then I guess later on, still decided to go for a swim, which which is the part where I'm like, "Are you dumb?" And then the the octopus did it, like it like he had big welts on the neck. It, it it slapped him when he was swimming. So I guess I don't know if I don't know if he did something to the octopus that he didn't catch on film, but this octopus did not like this guy, like he. Chased him in the water, and then later on, I'm assuming he didn't go swimming right beside him, but the octopus came over, found him, and smacked him on the back of the head. That's amazing. Yeah, you should watch the video. The octopus looks angry. I just pulled it up. I'm going to watch it as soon as we're done. All right. All right, over to you. Um, yeah. So Nana got vaccinated. Yes. That's nice. And that makes both her and Grandpa vaccinated now, right? First shots, they're both done, yep. Yeah. Great. I'm so happy to hear that. That makes that makes me happy and it makes me uh you know, eases some worries. So that's good and that is good news. And, um, that's uh, close Gra- to fun. Grandma's also on uh the waiting list at I think three different Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. So that's good. Good, good. And then the other thing was you know, talking about closer to fine, my uh right now in, in Alberta the restriction is, you know, you can't have gatherings indoors, but you can have a gathering of up to ten outdoors. It was the Easter long weekend and, you know, nobody really had anything going on. So here where I live, you know, we have a sizable backyard and a bunch of patio furniture and a fire pit. So we invited my class over, which is a class of 10, to sit in the backyard and run a fire and chat and stuff. And, you know, there was a room there was room enough for all to be six feet apart. Um, and, you know, we were as safe as we could be. None of us were really worried about it because we spend all day with each other anyway. Yeah. So... You know, it obviously wasn't as things used to be, but it was nice. It was really nice to have that, just to chat with people and hang out with people, especially as, you know, the the year's going to presumably end eventually. <laughs> presumably. Although it keeps getting delayed. Yeah. But it was nice. It was nice to have that. 
so we had a little fire and we sat and did and the talked. whole class come no michelle didn't come i don't know why and max didn't come because he had an early audition the next day oh, okay but we got everybody else well, that's so good because you eight had, of us did when then your other two roommates makes 10 right yeah, but uh, Haley didn't end up coming out. Alice came out. Oh, the original yeah. plan was they said they wouldn't come out at all and it would just be a class thing, um, which was very generous of them. But then as soon as you know we weren't getting everyone, then we were like, yeah, come on. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's good. It was nice. Did you have uh, ham or something? Or No, you didn't. But No, no. It was it was late. It was after a rehearsal, so it didn't start until like 9, 30, 10. So I think people had mostly eaten already. Oh, okay. We did order a pizza, but that was that. From, from campus pizza? No, Dominus. And now the end is near. All right, parting thoughts. You want to go first? Yeah. Um, So I just wanted to throw out that one of the things we didn't talk about this week or last week or anything like that is the ongoing uh, trial of uh, Derek Chauvin, who is accused of murdering George Floyd when he pressed his knee into his neck for five or ten minutes and you know he hasn't been found guilty yet but i don't know what you think is going to happen when you press your knee into somebody's neck for 10 minutes especially Um, the other thing was it's not like i think i remember reading at the time it wasn't it's not a police move yeah so i want to say i haven't mentioned it i didn't bring it up because i i was i was just going to talk about it once the trial's over it's supposedly like going to be like a four-week trial so instead of just throwing details at you every week that might change, I thought it's best. Let's just leave it to the end when we have the, as much picture as we can, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. I, I can't imagine what will happen to that city if he's not found guilty. Yeah. But we will, we will see. I just, want to, I just wanted to mention that because I, I know it's very important, and I didn't want it to seem like we were ignoring it. Moving on, much lighter note. But I was... Oh, you know what else? Sorry, going back. I'm scattered today, apparently. I'm very tired. I had to get up before 8 a.m. Back to... Just very quickly, back to the Matt Gates. I, I, he did an interview about this with Tucker Carlson, and, and he couldn't... Even Tucker Carlson didn't seem to be buying it. And, uh, and I think it was you said... It was you who said, Dad, you know things are rough when you can't get Tucker Carlson on your side. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like, as a conservative. So, yeah. So that's how, that's how bad that is. But yes, it was that was funny. Moving on, continuing my parting thoughts. If I could keep a straight train of thought. I was scrolling through CBC and CNN looking for ways of uh, just looking for stories. And I, I really noticed, and I've noticed this before, and it's so bad I want to mention it. The CBC website is so much better laid out than the CNN website. CNN's like, a bit CBC of a mess. Website, make sense cnn is a bit of disaster yeah i've found that too cnn's like just kind of all over the place yeah and like it's not laid out speech. it's like spewed up onto the page yeah exactly and it drives me crazy so i just i almost never go to cnn anymore almost everything i get is off cbc well, that's good um canadian yeah yeah canadian and then i just wanted i just wanted to end you know not exactly the- balanced but neither cnn so there you go yeah you know, we're talking about, we've talked about the Georgia restriction laws and right-wing MLAs, MPs fighting public health measures. And, and you know, we, we, we do a lot of dragging of Republicans and conservatives and stuff like that when they're super hypocritical. So this Easter, I, I really just wanted to throw some Bible at them. 
because it's a quote that I came across that I thought was perfect, perfect way to sort of, you know, describe especially the sort of Trumpy conservative types. And it's Mark 7, 9. You have a clever way of rejecting God's law in order to uphold your own teachings. And I think that sums it up in a nutshell, man. Yeah. I think that's that. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know what else you can say to that, really. You can't. And, you know, they come out and they say, we're Christian and they justify so much with, you know, like, this is the will of God. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a I had a text from, from Doug who was asking about he he Doug was Ford? no Doug Doug Crossley he was because ah. he, he Googled because you were on uh, Conrad Black last week about using Aboriginal instead of Indigenous and he he did some Googling and it's not that Aboriginal is offensive and it it isn't right like it's not it's not like um it's not the, it's not the same as saying Indian right yeah yeah it's just I think it's Indigenous has has more applications legally as well like yes. like like with uh, the un and things like that yeah aboriginal is a very specific group yeah and then i actually read a really good article that just said just call them what they want to be called just call them what they call themselves and it's you know and it's different for each group any one of yeah. those terms is referring to just is, is lumping a bunch of different groups into one category yes but legally no and technically okay here's the point i was trying to make is that I didn't mean to say Aboriginal is offensive. I'm saying he's referring to all Indigenous people as Aboriginal as, as Aboriginal as he tries to construct an argument about you know the falsehood of the, the quote unquote falsehood of you know Truth and Reconciliation Committee and, and the treaties and all that. And I think the fact that he's using Aboriginal as an umbrella term and not the widely known indigenous, which is actually legally, technically accurate, and Aboriginal isn't. But, I mean, it proved to me that how he, you know, did not brush up on this subject before writing the article. Like, he was painfully ignorant of some pretty basic terms. Yeah, I don't think, like, like it, was, it wasn't that long ago that it made the switch, though. Like, it used to be Aboriginal. And before that, it was Indian. Like, I mean, it, you know... I mean, there's been lots of terms. There has been. It's been probably about close to 10 years of Indigenous now. And yeah, probably if you're close going to 10. To... Sorry? Yeah, probably close to 10. But I'll, I mean, I'm just, no. And, and it's not, I just don't, yeah. And, and I, I, I think that's what I said to him, too. I don't think you, you were saying Aboriginal was offensive. It's just not the current or, or have the same implications as Indigenous. Yeah, yeah. And so all I'm saying, I mean, it doesn't matter how recent, though I would argue, I would argue, it doesn't matter how recently the terms changed. If you're going to write an article like that, do your research. Well, I don't think he does research. <laughs> exactly. There's my point. So don't take anything he says seriously. Don't consider him a technical commentator or an informed commentator on these issues. And that's the dangerous thing is that the National Post presents him like that as an informed commentator, somebody who knows what he's talking about. And he writes and talks like that, but he's not. Yeah, no, and, and uh, you know, Doug said he didn't like Conrad back either. He was just interested about that specific word. All right, well, moving on. Now, tipping has been brought to my, mi- brought to my mind recently again because of the hotel I'm staying in. I've been at the Marriott quite a bit in Saskatoon for work. And uh, one of the perks, once you get to be at a certain status... 
is you get access to their business lounge. However, due to COVID, their business lounge is closed. So instead of the instead of the lounge, they're giving they're giving uh, you know at, at this status level, they're giving you thirty dollars a day towards food and drink, which is very generous. But they said to me, they said that you know that's food and drink, but not your tip. And at the time, I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And I you know I left. And then I thought, does it make sense? Now, because aren't we at an age where tipping is almost a mandatory part of the bill? Yeah. The minimum wage for waitresses and waiters is lower because of the tipping, because of the tips. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. like, if you get bad service, you give 15% now, right? Like, that's where that's sort of where we're at. So, if the hotel yeah. wants, if the hotel is, is saving money by not paying their waiters and waitresses the same staff the same wage that they pay the rest of their staff you know why and and they and they think and they want to support their staff and say tips are uh you know expected at the least then why 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 shouldn't it be covered as tip as well what difference does it make now okay you could tip somebody five hundred dollars split the cash two ways but you could say a tip up to 20 percent is covered anything over that you pay on your own very easy. Yeah. I mean, it should be. And tipping has been an excuse to pay waiters, waitresses, whatever, what have you, less for a very long time. And you're right, it does. It it puts the onus of paying people a living off of business owners and onto customers. Yeah. No, I that's my next is, line. I said I'm not I'm not a huge fan of tipping anyway. Feels like restaurants are counting on the customers to make sure their staff gets paid enough. It is. They are. And and it it makes it very stressful, I would imagine. I've never been a waiter, but I would imagine it makes it very stressful cuz like, you know, if you get a string of, you know, you can be as nice and as, you know, give it the best service you can, but you just get a string of bad tippers and there goes your, you know, groceries for the week. Yeah, I don't it, it's I guess that's possible. That's possible, but it also seems to be rigged right now. Like, you know, when you when you use those machines, they put the used to put the tip on pre-tax, and now those machines put the tip on post-tax. So you're already tipping extra from what you used to. And the uh, and you know a lot of those machines they start at eighteen percent. Like option one, eighteen percent. What? Yeah. For every yeah, no, every I, every five bucks I spend, I need to give you a dollar. I I would rather they charge a bit more for the food and get rid of tipping. You know, other countries they don't tip. They you know in Belgium it's called the rest, so they might tip up to the nearest dollar or the nearest well the nearest euro or the nearest five euros, but they don't give twenty percent. They don't sit there with their pull their calculator out and give fifteen twenty percent. And I yeah. I, I liked being there. Because yeah. why well, should we? The base of any job should be any full-time... If you're working 40 hours a week, you should be making a living wage. But the base of any job should not be so low as it is for waiters and waitresses. They need a higher base, and it, it needs to be a rate where if they're working 40 hours a week... They can live on that. And if they're not working 40 hours a week, then it's not a living wage. But, you know, that's because they're not working 40 hours a week. 
And then, yeah, either get rid of tipping or we need to phase out of the culture and do it, like, you know, I said about them, like, maybe you top it up a little bit because, you know, they were extra good and yeah, you really and appreciated suppo- their service. Yeah, it's supposed to be for good service, but now it's just whatever you pay, add 15%. Yeah, now it's... If you get yeah, bad service, service, you only great, pay 15 I don't want you to get evicted, so here, <laughs> you know? It's just expected. It's just, it's just, and 15 is now the minimum. It used to be 10. 15. Yeah. And it used to be 10 pre-tax, and now it's 15 post-tax. Yeah, it's it's a scam. It's a scam for businesses. It makes it's, them more it's money. It's a little bit like the recycling thing, I was thinking. It is. Like it, it's what it I was is. thinking, yeah. It reminded me of we that. Will, that is sort of like, I don't think people like Adam Smith had this in mind when they, when you know, when he was writing The Wealth of Nations and talking about, like, individualism and stuff like that. But that is, like, the secret undercurrent that businesses found in individualism and individualist societies and like western democracies is that if you stop people from thinking collectively and get them thinking just about me then it is easy to shift responsibility to them it is your responsibility to clean up the recycling that we created it is your responsibility to pay these people a living wage at my restaurant you know like it's just so easy to be like no you it's annoying. Anyway, that's what I, I, I feel frustrated that I'm expected. And, and maybe this is just uh, me being old and crotchety, but I feel frustrated when I'm expected to tip. Listen, I don't mind giving somebody a little extra when the service was good, but I feel frustrated that, you know, oh, it's bad service, so I'm only giving 15%. It also means, yeah. it also means for good and average service, they also give 15%. And I might give more for great service. I will give more for great service. Like, I'll give 20% for great service. But yeah. but it needs to be outstanding service. So it lumps everybody together when you when you do it that way. Like, whether you do bad, bad to very good gets the same for me. Maybe yeah. other people are different, but I, I think 15% is a lot when you add it on top of a bill. I don't think it's nothing. I'll tell you something that... With my generation, 20% is becoming the standard. That's a dollar on every five. That's crazy. Yeah. But the, that's other, what, the other thing that's is restaurant prices are going up. Is becoming. It doesn't make sense. So it's 100 bucks, and then you have to give 120 Yeah. And then you give more than that because it's 100 bucks plus tax. So now it's 115 and then you're giving 20 on top of that. It's yeah. crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Restaurant, then, rest, then the food should also be cheaper if, if I'm paying that much in a tip. Yep. And the other thing, why is it based on price? Shouldn't it be based on how many people are there or something? Like, why is it just because just because I had a $300 bottle of wine, I now need to give you a bigger tip than somebody that had a $30 bottle of wine? You did the exact same amount of work. Yeah, that's true. I have the filet mignon. Somebody has the pasta. You know, I have to give a way bigger tip. You did the same. You brought us both our dinner. Yeah, no. The the problem is businesses. The problem is the businesses. Yeah, and but it's so ingrained now. It it's never going to leave. It's just it's a it nags at me. And maybe that's because I was never a waiter. And I like I said, I, I always try to give what's acceptable. You know, fifteen percent. But it, it it bugs me. Yeah, maybe if we get a government that sets a decent minimum wage, then it will fade out. I doubt it. Maybe we'll see. And I had an interesting checkout day at my hotel. I was I was coming home on what day did I come home? 
a couple days ago. I don't remember what day it was. Friday, maybe? No, Thursday. It was Thursday. So my flight left at uh, 11.30 or 12 o'clock or something. So I went down and had some breakfast. I slept in a little bit, went down, had some breakfast, came up, get in the shower. And I wanted to leave by about 10 or 10.10 so that I can stop and get gas in the rental and drop the car off. Boarding was at... Boarding was at 11. So I was hoping to get there between 10 and 10.30. Yeah, that's right. So I was hoping okay. to leave around between sort of 9.50 and 10 after 10. Stop and get gas. Latest 10.30, but ideally closer to 10. So I'm, I'm having a shower. It's like quarter after 9. And the fire alarm goes off. So I get out. I quickly dry off. I'm like, is there really a fire? Throw some clothes on. Start walking down the hall. Fire alarm stops. I'm like, okay. Go back in. Go back in the shower because I wasn't done. And then fire alarm goes off again. So I get out of the shower again. But this time before I get completely dried off, they said uh, they said it's a false alarm. So I get back in the shower, finish the shower. Now I'm I'm now I'm already behind. Now let's put me behind. So I quickly dry off, quickly get dressed, pack everything, you know, last last minute packing and stuff, and then rush out down to the elevator, turned off because the fire alarm went off. So now I'm there with my two big bags, have to carry them down five flights of stairs, just got out of the shower. Now I'm all sweaty because I just carried my two bags down five flights of stairs. And the guy's like, oh, sorry about that. And he just... You know, and then check it with, they're just, I know they're being nice, but I'm in a hurry. Uh, oh, yeah, where are you from? Ontario. Oh, I grew up there. Whereabouts in Ontario? Just shut up. Uh, give me the bill. I got to go. <laughs> and then, yeah, anyway, mad rush to the airport, but I made it. I made it in time, but it was, I was worried. I handed them my bag and I was like, did I, was I close? And they're like, uh, you had a couple more minutes. So it was... <laughs> It was pretty tight, but I got on the plane and I made it home for Easter, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, and I I feel like if you're really good at customer service, you should be able to tell when somebody wants to engage in some nice conversation and when they just want to get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. I don't think this guy was exceptional, but he's trying, and that's fine. I get yeah. it. Yeah. So, but I I didn't I didn't yell at him or anything, but. Anyway, yeah. that was it. Was an eventful. It was. An, I was stressed when I because you, you also have to fill up with gas. Otherwise, the the car company charges like eight dollars a liter to to fill it up yeah. if you don't return it full. So that's annoying. But anyway, yeah. it's all good. Made it home. Yeah, and that just about does it for episode thirteen of season three. Thank you for listening, and we will talk at you again next week. Bye.